ladies and gentlemen, and also ladies and women, <laughs> to the Exit to Eleven podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Todd. Uh, I'm one of your other hosts, Ryan Lopez. Uh, and I'm the third host, Blair Maynard. Together we are your host. And today we have a special guest joining us all the way from... Where are you from? Um, California. Wow. A distant land. What's oh. your name? Merced, California. Yeah. Um, I'm Shan. Nice to meet you guys. I've Hi, actually Shan. never met any of you it's before. It's good to finally meet you. Yeah. After all this talk about you. Yeah, so last time we trashed you on our podcast for, um, <laughs> what was it? For Oh, for, can you explain to us what a sneeze smells like? Because we want to hear from you. We want to get oh, both yeah, of the Oh, yeah, we did story. talk about this. What? Wait, no, no, no. Was no, that, that not you? No, that wasn't Shannon. That was Sophia. Oh, it was Sophia. It was. Yeah. So we we slandered you, actually, is what happened. No, I talked about Sophia, not Shannon. You said Sophia? Oh. Yeah. I remember we talked about oh, it, but I thought that we attributed it to Shannon. Oh, well, do sneezes smell? No. Okay, so we've cleared that up. For those who were listening last week and were like, I'm going to go make fun of Shan now because she says, sneeze and smell. They d- uh, she didn't say that. Take Never. That. So, uh, false. Fact check, false. All right, but um, we have some some interesting... This is a, so this is a really basic question, but I got I got a follow-up that's going to be a little more interesting. So, um, we were as we were joining into this, we were talking about pineapple, how it eats you back, you know, mm-hmm. when you're eating it, and how you can, I guess, develop an allergy... Yeah, um, so there's one of the people on campus apparently ate so much pineapple that he, he became allergic to pineapple. Which so is insane. I, but I don't know if that could happen, but apparently it It almost it doesn't happened. sound real. So yeah. if you don't want to be allergic to gluten, just don't, don't eat, eat so much Simply <laughs> don't eat yeah, gluten. Yeah, you need to chill out all you gluten intolerance yeah, out there, you, <laughs> which is actually about half our listener base. Bread de- devourers. Yeah, bread enjoyers. Um <laughs> Okay, so, uh, but our question is, what are, what are your thoughts on pineapple on pizza? I know it's basic. Give me a second, listeners at home. This is going to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easy. Without debate, pineapple belongs on pizza. Okay, well, you say belong. It's like, do you not eat it outside the context of pizza? Because I definitely eat it outside the context of pizza. Definitely. Okay, cool. So so we understand that. Like, mm-hmm. it, it can inhabit pizza, but it belongs on, like, a tree in in you know, Hawaii. Do they even grow it in Hawaii? Is that actually where it comes from? Do pineapples Wait, grow on trees? I don't. I'm fairly certain they come out of the ground, actually. I don't oh, think they grow on I trees. I got you. Fact check. Okay, we're going to fact check this, because I believe in my mind, still, that makes still, you... I'm pretty sure they're still a fruit. Yeah, because, like, a root, right? If it was just from the ground, it was, like, a root? It's not a root. Yeah, that makes it... Because that would make it a vegetable. But I'm pretty sure it's kind of like a pumpkin. Oh, um, they do not grow on trees. They, like, they grow out of the top of, like, a bush. Oh. Weird. Oh, so like, uh, it's like a little bit above the ground. Yeah. But I not thought the difference tree. between vegetables and fruits were if one had seeds and the other didn't. Kind of. Yeah. Um. Basically, here, here's my here's my go-to to figure this out. Okay. So, fruit is something that grows on a plant. A vegetable is is the plant itself or like a key part of the plant. So, like a carrot is a root. It's the mm-hmm. root of the plant that is a carrot. Whereas, like onions is like the bulb of the object that is an onion that's a good that's a good way uh, so that's onions good. fun fact are leaves the actual part of the onion you're eating it's a it's a special kind of leaf that has yeah. nutrition in it yeah so that's why exactly that's a great way of explaining it that's why tomatoes and stuff like that are fruits that's why so many things are fruits because anything that is like uh, I mean, the fruit is the product right and the vegetable literally just comes from vegetation so it's just a plant right mm. like like cabbage vegetation. like it's, it is just a good plant yeah. like it just leaves but my question is so obviously the understanding with pineapple and pizza right is like in the context of I believe Hawaiian pizza is what people think but what about like pineapple and like sausage like would you eat that Ryan? I don't uh, I don't okay here's the thing Maybe, because I had a really good 
it was they were it was like a meatball recipe that had pineapple in it and so it was a kind of like sweet and it was oh, really good actually good. i really enjoyed it so like warm pineapple is a lot different than cold pineapple and i think that yeah, they is, have different would, energy let me let me, let me go off that yeah that's the blair pineapple on pizza i think it depends on where it's from if it's like a frozen pizza no no mm, but if it's fair. like mm. if it's like freshly cooked from like domino's little caesars or whatever then Yes, it's not my yeah, go-to. Did you just call this. Little Caesars freshly cooked? <laughs> well, okay, what I'm ready. saying is better. It's better than frozen pizza. Like, uh, like yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's funny that you thinking... could have like made a big contrast between like really good pizza and then like yeah. trash. Oh, Costco, and you went, you Costco went pizza barely above. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Exactly. But Costco pizza is good. Costco pizza is really good. It's great. They don't yeah. do any pineapple on their pizza, though, do they? Because they're yeah, they're the Lord probably. Right. That's right. Don't, actually, I don't mind pineapple on pizza. I, I guess not my favorite topping. The weird thing is, it's like, it's not, like, I'll eat it. And I enjoy Hawaiian pizza, but I don't think I would ever, like, I'm not going to go to Blaze Pizza or whatever, and they're like, pick your toppings. And I'm be like, yeah, pineapple and pepperoni. I'm like, no. How many Why pepperoni not? and chill there? Yeah, I think I, I'm neutral on the subject of, of should pineapple be on pizza or not. Like, is it a sin? You know, like I think that's not clearly defined. <laughs> the election's in the coming up. You got to pick a side. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna remain neutral on the pineapple subject. Um, I, but here's my thing. Like Matthew said, if I was to go to a pizza place. Like, Hawaiian pizza would not be the one I picked. If I was at a party and there's, like, ten different pizzas and, like, mostly the ones are gone and all that's left is Hawaiian, sure, I'll eat it, you know? Yeah. Fine. But if, if I have a choice between, like, combination and Hawaiian, I'm going combination every time. But why not put pineapple on a combo pizza? That's oh, a yeah. terrible idea. Because uh, you're mixing sausage and onion like 50 and... different things on a combo I know. Pineapple. I feel like combo's What's already too more? much. Exactly. Maybe the reason people are so against pineapple on pizza is not because Hawaiian is bad. It's because people like Shannon just want to <laughs> sacrilegiously put pineapple on, <laughs> everything, on everything, and that's disgusting. I think there's a difference between people that like... Like, people either say that they hate pineapple on pizza or they just have never tried it because i know people that are like pineapple sucks on pizza i'm like well have you tried it and they're like no i'm like well it's, because it's, it's, like it's because it's popular to hate on it yeah it's like nickelback the like, funny yeah, exactly the funniest thing though is <laughs> like a pineapple and nickelback we think about together. like how many other fruits have you had on pizza like how often have you had strawberry pizza or like apple pizza I mean, and the tomato. funniest thing is yeah tomatoes a fruit. tomato i know but like think, think about like the classic like sweet fruits i'm sure you can make an argument for tomatoes being sweet but i, I never growing up i really associate that sure think about like something in the vein like even something that was sour like pineapple you don't put like lemons on pizza you know, mm-hmm. like because like pineapples are such like there's nothing see, else that's like that taste. I went right. to a, I can see like a chicken lemon. I would say pizza. Mm, that sounds good. Chicken and lemon. Chicken lemon barbecue. But like, would it be like pieces of lemon? Or would it be you squeeze lemon on top? You know, mm-hmm. I one. feel like it would I, be like you put lemon. Like I mean, it's hard to yeah. you can't really put pieces of lemon on anything because the, the peel is inedible. So it's like, or at least well, it's everything like is un- edible unpleasantly. if you try hard enough. Unpleasantly Ooh. edible, not necessarily inedible. Gotcha. I, uh, I used to go to Florida for like one or two months out of the year. So there was always this pizza place and they had macaroni on pizza. Like, That's, did you not? Oh, it was I'm so down good. For that. It's it was bomb. so good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's this place in Madison, Wisconsin called, oh, what's it called? It's called like Marco's or something, but it's like right in the main square of Madison, Wisconsin. And that's what they're famous for is macaroni on pizza. And they have, their pizzas are like the size of this table in front of us, which for viewers at home is approximately six feet wide. I'm just kidding. It's approximately the size of a very large pizza. Yeah. <laughs> um, and 
it's oh, amazing. Like it's just a thin coating of macaroni and cheese, and then they melt more cheese on top of it to stick it to the dough. That sounds so it all just so stays well. together. That sounds so good. And it's, yeah. and it's not like Kraft mac and cheese, you know? It's like, it's like, it's like, hey, it's like velvet. Whoa, 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 whoa. No There's nothing wrong with a good Kraft mac and cheese. I'm going to be with Ryan on this one. I am a mac and cheese connoisseur. Like Kraft mac and cheese is not inedible by any means, and will I ingest it all the time? Mm-hmm. It's so cheap. However, it's cutting it close on even <laughs> qualifying as mac and cheese. It's like it's like it's like carbs. You want to eat carbs and salt. That's what you want to eat. And butter. You want to eat butter and cheese, and you just just shove it in your mouth. I understand. That's true. The amount of like when you're baking it, I always am a little bit shocked by how much butter I put yes. in Kraft mac and cheese. Yeah, and milk. You like, put I'm just, so much milk. I'm in just it. reading the recipe, and I'm like. Did I? I read that right. Like it's like two sticks, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny too because you think about somebody mentioned to me once that like the taste of cookies is like butter, and mm-hmm. I was like, what the heck? Because right. like it doesn't really taste like flour. I mean, sure, it tastes like chocolate chips. You have chocolate chips in there, but the majority of it is not chocolate chips. The majority of it is butter flavored. Yeah. Which is it was weird to me because I don't consider myself someone who even likes butter. I don't like when I eat toast. I just have toast or like, um, I know, I know. Uh, and then I have like bagels. Yeah. I don't even don't really even do cream put, cheese. You don't put Wait, butter on no, toast. Do you, I don't put, butter on do you toast. put anything on your toast? Do you always put peanut like, butter. jam? Peanut butter. Oh, oh, peanut, jam? Butter, jam? peanut butter. Yeah, jam is bomb. Peanut butter and jam on toast. I've never thought that butter had a strong enough flavor to like warrant it. And honestly, in my mind, it was literally like irrelevant. Boom. Cut it out, you know? Sure. Like, I mean, yeah. Like, you know, like Sherlock Holmes is like, he doesn't even know the order of the planets. He's like, yeah, planets, that's not relevant to me. I'm going to freaking learn how blood spiders because I'm a criminal solver guy. I mean, criminal like, solver. That was like, <laughs> I don't need butter. That was a really specific reference. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. It was Sherlock. I love Netflix. Sherlock. I mean, actually, it's it was fantastic. reference to the, uh, I don't know if he's had, so it's reference to the, like, the books. I don't know. I guess that's probably carried over into the TV um, show. Yeah, they used it in, what's the guy who plays Doctor Strange? What's his face? Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, that guy. You could literally say anything and you'd know what his name was. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, one of those <laughs> things. But um, and a cucumber. I, so I actually kind of, I kind of want to pivot and talk about a story that I actually recently read, and it will tie back into this food topic. It is actually still relevant. Well, and then we'll get to what the episode. <laughs> yeah, what the episode. The episode. Actually, uh, yeah, quick preview of the episode. This is actually a movie review, so we haven't mentioned the movie Ooh. at all. Social dilemma coming up later. But on the topic of that, actually, it's all it ties in everything. This next beautiful story that I found. I'm excited. It's about a Swedish couple, um, in S- Sweden. Obviously, uh, and they they read in their newspaper they had an ad from a a Wi-Fi company called Twi-Fi, so like Wi-Fi with a T in front of it that said if you name your kid Twiffia or Twiffius, you will get free Wi-Fi for eighteen years. And they named their daughter Twiffia. They named her after a wi- like a Wi-Fi company in order to get free Wi-Fi as long as that kid was still a minor. And I wanted to know, I think that's, that's, I wanted to bring it up for educational purposes, but I want to know, would you guys ever do something like that? Would you ever name your kid Sour Patch to get, you know, 18 years of Sour Patch Kids Unlimited? Or even, even specifically the scenario of Wi-Fi. Can it, can it be their middle name? Or does it have to be no, their, their first name? No, their first name. name. But, like, here's the thing. You can call them a nickname, right? So, like, Sour Patch, I don't know. I can't think. SP. You can call them Pat. You <laughs> <laughs> just call them Pat. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, uh, No. Just I, minute, I would just know. I would just blanket it with no, you know, like I've never been that desperate for something that I'm like I would I would subject my child to years of bullying. Dude, just imagine just so that I could that have kid some has to go through like the roll call yeah. at school. Mm-hmm. That like, kid's gonna get twiffia. But no one would know. Like no one else in the class would understand yeah. that reference. But if you named right, your they just kid think you're an idiot patch, or that your parents different. hate you, right? You see, they will live with that for the rest of their that. lives. So what about like what if it was some more obscure thing? Like what what kind of thing would you change your kid's name to get for free? Like I is mean, there anything? There was if it, if it was close enough to an actual name, then like 
maybe but i probably want to name my kid based on something that like me, my, means something to me you know i had like, a, I, I had like sorry, ryan jr i had this <laughs> one kid in my high school whose name was precious ew yeah. i know i know so matt matt's nodding his head but ryan's like ew, ew. i it was it was weird to me was it it was it a girl weird. yeah it was that's, a girl okay that's the thing that's actually not all that uncommon of a name they made yeah. a whole movie called precious I based agree. off of a girl named precious yeah it's not crazy but and I don't necessarily think. No, they'd probably get bullied for it. He no, doesn't definitely. get bullied for so anything. That's the thing. I always hear that argument come up. The first thing is, will my kid get bullied for it? Like, yeah, sure. But I got bullied for having two first names. Like, yeah. kids will bully you about anything, man. Kids are mean. Wicked. Like, yeah, but, like, but like, why? Why make it so easy? Yeah. I know. But well, Johnny Cash has a reason for that. Although, actually, I think he ended up killing his dad at the end of that song. Oh, oh my goodness! Was that Johnny gracious. Cash? I hope I don't sound really illiterate in music right now. I wouldn't know. Boy Named Sue is a song. Yeah, you guys know the song? Yeah. Okay. It's a. Do you guys are you familiar with the song? No. No. Okay. Well, I'll explain it for YouTube benefits and also viewers at home. Um. So it's a, it's a, it's literally like a story song about this guy who grows up named Sue and he like everyone makes fun of him and so he like beats them up and then he meets his and his dad like literally named him Sue and like walked down on his family and like left and then so he like one day like twenty years down the road he comes to like a bar oh mate twenty one years down the road he comes to a bar <laughs> and he encounters hey. his dad and he's like you're the guy who named me Sue like I freaking hate you and like he starts to beat him up and the dad's like wait hold on like I named you Sue because I knew that like I wasn't gonna be around and so if I named you Sue you get beat up a bunch and so then you'd learn to be tough so since I couldn't be there to teach you to be tough I gave you that name so that you'd be tough on your own and then he like beats them anyways he beats the crap out of him anyways so um does he kill him what a, what I don't know I feel like kind of it is it's funny it's supposed to be a funny song and it is mm-hmm. and it rhymes which is also very important wow yeah so like in a sense you know like you could say that you, that you get this like there's a somewhat benefit of just Okay, I can't even say that. I would never advocate you're, you're for naming saying, my kids something that so stupid they get bullied. You're saying that there's a benefit to naming your kids something that could get bullied? Yeah, so I that get, they can be tougher? I'm saying that, yeah, but, like, I, I wouldn't. I don't think the better of doing enough. It wouldn't convince me. I just wanted a devil's advocate, you know, just for a second right. there. So there's nothing you guys, like, what about, what's something that would be just so, mm-hmm. like, free tuition, you know? You name I mean, your kid, kid William Jessup. Name your, their first name is Can Jessup, and they get free tuition once they graduate. I mean, you, you're you assuming that they want to go here, though. They could, That's go, yeah. they could go by like just Jess. Like I'd be pretty. It'd be pretty chill. Like you, get, there's easily a nickname that you could use instead. See, so I mean, right, so, so I, I, but they will always know. They will always know that you named them yeah. after Jessup. Like if trying I was, to get free tuition. If I if I was. If I was how old I am now, and I found out that my parents named me Ryan because Ryan Gosling offered them money or something, Bless. like I would be like, I hate everything, yeah. and I would want to change my <laughs> name. You, you know, like why do you guys eat. always have so much rye bread in in the in the pantry? Yeah, so you're exactly. like, Oh my gosh, we never told you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we named you Ryan so that rye bread was <laughs> on the supply of their product. Like, yeah, yeah. the rye bread company, the yeah. one that has a monopoly. On I all actually that. Yeah. okay, I have an interesting pivot from this. Okay. Okay. And Shannon, you probably have heard about this, but the game company Bethesda. Created a game called a about Skyrim, no and way. there was a, I believe, a Korean couple who named their child Dovahkiin, mm, yes. which is which is which translates. It's both it means dragonborn, which is a big part of the game or whatever, right? But they did it without any kind of incentive, exactly. and then they the company saw that they did that and was like so astonished and blown away that they then did give them a bunch of free products and like they have the first pick of any new release that the company makes. 
But that is so different because they came from a place of like, this is something I care about and my child's about to be something I care about. So I'm going to name them after something I already care about without like a hidden agenda. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I feel like the Twiffia girl might grow up and be like, my parents are scumbags. (laughs) But like Dova King is like, my parents are big nerds. Like, that's a different thing. There's a big difference. And it's like, and to find it, like if if I grew up as a kid named Dova King and then you're like, you realize your parents were rewarded because they were named like you wouldn't feel weird about it you'd be like wow you guys are really big nerds and I got bullied because of it but we got free video games out of it I and, could never bully, and, bully someone that was named Dovaki I mean sure I'd you be their friend like, kids, we'd be best friends I would totally do that I don't know that game yeah Aww. I bully anybody no, I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> like that I don't just do that but uh, I would be like okay call you Dove and I'm like okay I hate you <laughs> Do Dova <laughs> Dova. 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 He's go by Dova. Yeah. That just, just call him Kim. Means dragon. He could. He probably would just go by like Kim or something. Yeah. Yeah. I forget that Kim's like a guy's name too. Because I just think of Kim Are you Possible. Kim, with yeah. an M. Yeah, Kim. So sort for like Kim Kimball, like no. K I M. I'm not even joking. You. I'm what? being straight right now. Really? Yeah. It's it can be a guy's name. I've heard it as a guy's. You name. think of it like like Kim Possible, whatever. But yeah. Yes, KP. Yes, exactly. Big deal. Um, actually, before we close this, I just want to talk about this is on the realm of Kim Possible and funny names. The funniest name I ever heard that was like it's a mixture of like kind of being a scumbag, but also being like it's fine because you would totally go. Your, you could go a long time without people realizing. Was a girl who got named her last name was Lear and her parents named her Crystal, and it's like oh that doesn't sound that weird. Crystal Lear, that's not even that weird, but it's her middle name was Shanda. Oh my no. gosh! So no one would ever know, but. Yeah, that's seriously what they did to her. So, and they, was this intentional? They're yes. like, you know, oh, yes. the, parents, you know, what would be the funniest the thing. Were yeah. So this crystal girl is like kind of like mad, but like as well, it's like no one would know unless you told them. Crystal chandelier. Like I can get away with no one knowing my middle name if I don't want people to know it. It's sure. like fairly easy. Yeah, your like, parents crystal thought they were so funny. Like, What's your middle name? You're like, <laughs> I don't have one actually. Just yeah. so guess, weird. you know, like you're not gonna <laughs> guess. No one would guess Shanda. Like, no, that's not gonna happen. This is like hilarious. a joke. Like someone yeah. was just really creative. Like Shanda. Yeah. So <laughs> crazy, probably wouldn't happen. But anyways, um, so um, wrapping up that little bit, I want to move on to the movie we all watched, The Social Dilemma, uh, which had a lot less nudity than Sixteen Candles, and by a lot less I mean it didn't have nudity. Which and, Sixteen Candles did. Oh, yeah. by yes, the way, so. I had to rent that movie because I hadn't seen it in a while. You know, I'm sorry. Um, so did you watch it? Four dollars. I'm gonna need four dollars oh, back. For that. No, no, no. Here's the deal. Instead of four dollars, we had this coupon that the company uh, that sold us dental flossers told us was oh. worth four dollars. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so we'll give it to we you. We can give you that. That's your payment. Oh, you do, still we, have it? do we actually have it? Uh, <laughs> not like in my pocket, uh, but yeah, I didn't get rid of it. Wall. That's amazing. I'm it's, glad we have that. It's part of history. Yeah, we should keep that forever. So that's a callback to all you OG listeners. Yeah. Okay. Do we? We could trash. 16 candles for just five minutes straight real quick um you guys do that because i'm gonna i'm gonna be front up like even though i'm running this like segment of like matthew's movie reviews i didn't watch the movie because i was told there was nudity not that that's always gonna like prevent me from watching something but in this case i was like huh i don't really want to i I thought the movie was i i've seen it before and so i Mm -hmm. i rewatched it and it's honestly without the nudity there's some suggestive like parts in it but it's kind of funny but it's also like it has those parts that make you not want to watch it because of those parts. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are allowed to like the movie. By the way, Blair, this isn't totally like we hate it. Safe like, space. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a safe space. You're valid. Just three people judging. I, but you. it yeah. is a popular movie. Okay, cool. Which well, I don't hmm. understand. So growing up, that movie was always like a classic. Like I used to watch it with my family. How freaking weird is that? But I watched it again, and I was like, what? Like. 
it's a really, it's like completely come like to, into something else in 2020, I feel. And the, the jokes did not age well. And it's super just cringy and sexist. Oh, God, it's a mess. But when, when was it created? In the eighties, eighteen eighty four, and it's just yeah, it's there was just a different, there was a different standard back then for Absolutely. entertainment, and like it, I, I'm curious if what at the time it came out, if it was supposed to be satirical or not, and maybe that's why it was so enjoyed because watching it now, it's hard. It's like it was hard to watch honestly because it was like overtly racist. Oh yeah, and yeah. first off, there wasn't a single like african person in the entire film yeah and the only reference to one was about someone like who wouldn't lower their standards enough to date an african person yep and i was like oh my gosh it's in the movie yeah Yeah. Yeah. and they just breeze right past it Mm -hmm. and then that was the that was it and maybe there is some in the background but i I don't remember there being any like but i feel like out of anything you have to take into account like the context behind the movie so it's in 1984 so that time period it wasn't looked down upon as much as it was now in 2020 sure you know what i'm saying no, no yeah yeah, totally i'm just saying i can't believe it's still revered as a classic oh yeah you know what i mean like because then the other it's also extremely racist towards anyone who's remotely asian yeah like because the the one asian guy in the film first they like mess up his ethnicity all the time because oh, yeah. they keep calling him chinese and he's like korean or something like that but then every time he appears on the screen there's like a gong sound yeah, yeah. and then he just does like stupid stuff the whole time it's and he has like, like really slapstick. bad english and he's like super sexist and everything and yeah. it was just a horrible like portrayal overall mm. and then the whole point of the movie is like i, I don't even know what the point is the point is like falling is in love, like love or something. but then it has that but that then they kid. don't even like fall in love they just like see each other and then have sex they well no they don't even they just drive away in the car and then the movie ends right and then they just hold hands and have a good christian relationship yeah there's a lot of consent issues in that movie though too oh yeah and um, it's just all about people who are underage trying to like get laid yeah. And drinking. There's a lot of underage drinking that happens yeah. in that movie. Yeah. Well, and then the the one the one time there is nudity in the film, which is towards the beginning, is just like completely unnecessary. It has nothing yeah. to do with the story. Like it's literally just like a person showering, mm-hmm. and it's and it's in a high school locker room, which right. means it's supposed to be depicting someone who's under underage. the age of yep. consent. And it's just a casual thing that happens. Yep. And I'm like, okay, why? I don't know, man. Every time it's funny because every time period that's not now is such a different time, yeah. and it's just weird to think about it. That's not a defense really, of it. I agree. I don't think that that's like that should change the fact that it's not okay. It's not okay then. It's not okay now. It's not okay then. That's what I meant to say. But I, I think it is just that society has become more aware of things like that, and like um, especially as like majority versus minority shifts because like there is an increase like minorities population is growing and the majority population like the white population is actually decreasing so it's like that because those differences are happening it has made everyone all around more aware of like what is what is okay and like what shouldn't be okay and things like that um so i think we just have become more uh the word it used is woke but, you know, just more aware. Yeah. I, I mean, but, like, honestly, I do believe there's a ton of stuff that we probably aren't even thinking about currently that we do that in, like, 20 years from I'm like, ew. We might listen to this, this very podcast and be like, I can't believe it. Like That's true. I don't know. And, like, so that's not, I'm not, like, I will never go back and be like, and so things were great back in the day. Like, and, and the hard thing is, like, especially if someone ever asks you what time period, you're like, like, what's, what decade would you have been? Like, no matter what you say, it's the wrong answer because now is the best time. Like, 
that's pretty much undebatable. You can say anything. Like, well, I like the music in the 50s. Like, 50s, when people abused women, it's like, uh, then the 60s. The 60s, like, like, when there wasn't even, like, equal rights. It's like, uh, the, the 70s, when is uh, when is uh, I'm allowed to say it? During Vietnam? It's like, nah, like, chill out, man. I don't know what I'm supposed to say now. Like, okay, well, that's boring. Ah, like, what, what can I say, man? And so it's like, in a sense, it's like, I think it's always been better. Like, it's better now than it ever has been. But then as well... <laughs> transitioning to the next movie things has also in a sense gotten worse in different ways now we have these little devices mm. and they're going to record everything we do so that in 20 years now we're going to know really really in depth all the things we did wrong that's, you know that's... I have such good records of it like in a sense it's like good things I mean there's weird things right I have uh, a friend text me the other day finding the emails that we had we had emailed back in like when we were 13 and it's not like bad emails we're just talking like making conversation but it's like i'm a cringy 13 year old like and this is now immortalized like we both have this forever on the internet somewhere (laughs) is us talking and it's like just about stupid stuff and me being like super like grammar nazi about everything and like trying to format my email oh it's like unbearable but like that's just there forever and Mm -hmm. In the same sense, like any kind of thing we do now is just going to be forever like put online. But yeah, I wanted to use that as a transition into the movie we did watch. Perfect. Yeah. So um, the social dilemma is a, a documentary on Netflix came out this year, yeah. um, starring some people. The the kid from Psych, who played little Sean, and other people who um, oh I don't know. And also Santa included diet. Okay. Yeah, her is in it. I never saw Psych. I'm sorry. That's I'm sorry. Sad. You should be sorry. Fix that. Go, like, leave. Go watch it right now. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, um, but the main topics of it was, like, how social media has been affecting our generation. And it was really enlightening. So I wanted to just uh, get you, what's your g- generic thoughts on it? And then I have some pointed questions if we need them just to keep the conversation going. But, yeah. What do you guys think about what kind of stuff does this movie, like, eliminate to you? Uh, I can start with one quote that I wrote down. It says, um, this is by James Lehner. So he says, if you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. So they were talking about like apps that are free. So like Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, like all of these apps we consider free. So we don't really consider them to be kind of like a waste of our time when we're looking at it. But they use all of these like dilemmas and they use all of these things to like get companies to pay for the ads that are like customized for you at that certain time. And so we are the products and we don't really think about that. And that was really like, not like concerning for me, but I was like sitting there and they like pulled up my phone and I'm like, oh, this like kind of makes sense now. So it was just kind of like enlightening in a sense to hear that quote from James Lehner. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, the fact that like they, that the information that you are worth is actually not even, it's not like it's like, oh, you get 50 bucks for advertising this guy. It's literally like a couple cents per person like that's how much you were and so people like will sit around like back in the day all like the app you think about like what maybe like uh cut the rope or something like that i don't know what's a game that was like 99 cents do you know guys can you think of anything but like, like temple those, run i think that one might have been free i don't know, actually don't or maybe remember. temple run but any of those games back in the day that were like 99 cents like mm-hmm. angry birds or something you pay yeah. like a dollar for them and then then eventually people are like oh but there's like free versions too and then you get your ads and the funny thing is that like the company didn't make like much more money on you but but that's because like you didn't like you, like you you're worth like five cents to people and you weren't gonna like people didn't want to pay like five cents that are like no like i'm not gonna do that you know because a dollar is too much so why would i pay five cents and then you like you your all your information was like sold and you were targeted and advertised to like that so 
Yeah, so I mean, basically, like, the bottom line for these companies is to make a profit. And so in order to do that, what they do is they get other companies to pay them to advertise their advertisements on their site. But then the whole thing is basically that they wanted to figure out how to optimize and balance the ads so that they can make the maximum amount of money as possible while maintaining as much attention as possible. Because basically, the longer you spend on their app, the more ads you're going to see and the more money they're going to generate. And so I actually looked it up, and on average... Um, Facebook generates about $20 of revenue per person using their app. And that's just purely on you're scrolling through, you see an ad, that's like another four cents for Facebook or whatever, right? And so I'm, I'm pretty sure that actually the algorithm works on Facebook is every, I want to say every four posts is an ad. Um, so it's just like crazy. I don't know if that's the same on Instagram or not, but. There's a lot of ads on Instagram too, so yeah, yeah probably. And they're all super targeted. Yeah. Well, and, and everything everything is set up just to so that you open the app and stay on it for as long right. as possible. Yeah. yeah. There's that spooky stuff with I'm sure this has happened to you guys before where you say something out loud and That's it starts yeah. appearing. Or like I think yeah, there's one time I was texting so you know how there's like been a bunch of Among Us memes recently? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was texting Sydney about so Among Us. I literally mentioned the word sir and she's like, Oh, I've never heard of that game. And she said the next day Among Us posts everywhere on her page and she said she had never seen them before and Mm -hmm. I was like that's crazy or like I had somebody who was building a cabinet and while she was doing that she never like talked about cabinets or anything like that but while she was building a cabinet she had she was listening to like Spotify or to YouTube music and an ad came on for cabinets and it was like so specific she's like what the heck why am I getting advertised for cabinets like how often to me yeah yeah like what happened um I have this backpack over here right I found it on Amazon and I sent Kate my roommate and best friend hi Kate I sent her a picture of it and I was like what do you think of this backpack and she told me that after I sent her that it was a snapchat that she got an ad for that backpack on Amazon like it came up in her feed and I was like what it's spooky yeah and it was funny because people used to mess around on Instagram. There was a way to view your um, ad trends, and you could see oh, yeah. what it thought you liked. And for a, a time, people posted all the time because it was really funny. I had like weird things like German pop bands and things like that. <laughs> I was like, "What on earth? How did it ever get this?" And it was that was great because I had two accounts. One of them was like all sorts of random stuff that I'd never mentioned, like bodybuilding and things. I'm like, okay. And then the other account I had was only Christian stuff. It was like the gospel, like uh, like this, like this pastor, this church. I like this kind of great, good good Christian life I live clearly. <laughs> All my recommendations were that. But then I got, I came back to it like a week later after the trend happened of like finding it. And they were a lot more specific and a lot more accurate. And then like a week later, it was like a bunch of stuff that I actually did look about and cared about. I was like, whoa, like they it got good within That's just quick. like a little bit of time. And it kind of was like frightening almost just within a couple of days of being like, OK, these are wrong. Like he's talking crap about us. We're going to get it right this time. <laughs> and then they did. I was like, oh, no, I don't know if it's super accurate right now, but like I guess you could look it up. But well, they, and they talked about in the documentary that yeah. like it's a game between you looking at your phone and the supercomputer on the other side that's trying mm-hmm. to guess what you like. You know what I mean? And like obviously our human brains are too small to compete with these supercomputers. Like, obviously, human brains created them, but, like, that just the pure amount of processing power that they have is far beyond what our brains can even comprehend. So it's... You, you don't stand a chance when it comes to, like, beating beating the system or whatever, you know? <laughs> what, you know what I mean? So... The algorithm. One thing I found, personally, in my use of social media, I, I almost never post. Um, I rarely like things. Um... So I don't use social media a ton. Uh, but what I found, I just recently made a Twitter account. And, yeah, you did. And I, I was intentional. I wanted to see I wanted to see how the algorithm would handle 
how it would handle advertising. And so I, I could, it's funny because it's trying to figure out my political leanings and I never post anything political. I never like anything political. I never retweet anything political, right? And it's funny to see whether it will send like a Biden, a pro-Biden ad or a pro-Trump ad or one attacking either or. It's interesting to see it. It's like trying to like gauge what I like. And so currently it thinks I'm a Democrat, which is not true. I'm actually Republican, but that's not really relevant. Um, but it's funny to see that like Twitter's perspective of me based on the ads they send me versus what Facebook thinks of me based on the ads they send me. Because Facebook sends only pro-Trump stuff. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas Twitter is sending me only pro-Biden stuff. And it's and obviously those each of each network has its own computer that's doing its analytics and trying to determine what your preferences are. I, know. I also think though that with that specific like example that it might be because of the individual platforms themselves like facebook is far more right and like far more conservative of an app and as a company than twitter is twitter Mm -hmm. is far more progressive so i feel like they also have funding in the background happening with that too for sure i i don't to go off of that i'm just gonna point out so like in between uh watching the documentary and doing homework i had a youtube video up and one of the ads was like prop 22 or whatever something with like drivers and yeah, crap prop 22, baby. and then i got like three text messages that are like the really weird i like, keep automated. getting those i'm so yeah, over it, and it i had never any. i had never gotten them before and then right when that ad came up like within like 10 minutes i had like three texts about it that's yeah. kind of weird and i was like um <laughs> yeah what? but kind of sus yeah so for, but, but on the actually the topic of politics so um going off of that like i think it's it's partially like maybe like what the what like you'd say like the platform leans towards and you know, the money you're saying but like literally the heads of those people like they care individually like I, the guy the jack who owns twitter who operates twitter is very like outspoken about his political beliefs and so it makes sense that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and the hard thing is like when there was like a story that broke over the news like there was some thing that came out about one of the candidates that they were like censoring they were like this isn't verified so we're not gonna let people post this link and it wasn't like it was like this weird like link to some like odd file it was like a normal news source that was um, like a normal newspaper the new york post that was um that had posted this story and they they literally suspended accounts that posted it and that's kind of crazy like in either direction no matter like what that is like if like at some point if you actually want to force people down like if either facebook or twitter was actually trying to get you to vote for those that's when it gets like crazy it's like you're trying to play these people who are not consciously always aware yeah and because of the sheer amount of like information that these companies have on people they do have that kind of pull and control absolutely where if 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 there is a political candidate who's like here i will fork you a hundred million dollars right or whatever <laughs> and you'll get me this many votes like facebook could do that yeah just be like and you you wouldn't think oh i'm being manipulated by facebook but we like talked you about are that in we, the documentary yeah. too when um what's the guy that owns facebook what's his name Mark zuckerberg um, yeah. yeah zuckerberg he's so weird i'm sorry but yeah. in an in interview when they're talking about like like Russian manipulation or foreign foreign manipulation in election years, obviously 2016 they were talking about, and he like couldn't answer them, you know, and it because he knows 
things that he's doing that he's not sharing with others. Right. Um, they're totally in control. Yeah, but then on top of that, the more that you admit to that, like the more it becomes like, so if you have someone who's terrible, like let's say someone who's like super racist and posting on Facebook, the more you admit to like what you're censoring, what you're allowing to be permitted on your platform, the more you're responsible for people posting stuff. Cause you say, yes, I'm moderating the content. Like I'm showing this stuff. Then someone posts something super racist. Like, why didn't you moderate that? You know? And then where do you draw the line? Like it, like essentially the only way to survive is to be like, I'm not moderating this stuff. People just say stuff and like you know like we can make some guidelines for people to follow but i can't like approve everything everyone says i can't like i don't have the same viewpoint as everybody else but in order for people to share their viewpoints without me silencing them i have to allow it and that kind of thing and so like you can make some of those guidelines about like targeting people and harassment stuff like that but the, the more and more that you cram down being like yes this is what i'm like i'm permitting these to be shown or i'm i'm stopping this disinformation the more and more it seems like you're an editorial and that you're in charge of what's being posted I, but that's I, exactly what the algorithm does sorry Blair. no you're good so to go off of what you said you were talking about how like he knows stuff behind the scenes mm-hmm. literally another quote that i got from james laner says we put deceit and sneakiness at the absolute center of everything that we do. I and I believe what you just said kind of shows that even it can be in the hierarchy of companies. So Mark Zuckerberg will know stuff that he's doing that is deceitful and sneakiness in order to make a profit. And I feel like that's what all social media is doing, whether that be Reddit, whether that be Tumblr, Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter. Everything is using like sneakiness and like deceitfulness in order to gain a profit from any other company. And I think that's really where it all started was money. They didn't understand that this would become like a life and society issue. They just wanted to make money. Yeah. And if you look at the very beginning, like they they were talking about, um, I don't remember the guy's name who opened the thing, but he was talking about, he's like, so Facebook was like at the very beginning, like he started talking about how like it helps people find like lost relatives and like um, organ donors and stuff like that. And then right when he goes through these positives, it's just like a sharp decline. And he goes into all these details about how like negative the social media is. But at the very beginning, he's talking about how it's all super positive. Yeah, it, it's good to play to, to be fair about everything. And the hard thing is like, so like we all said, like the beginning, right? It's all driven on profit. But like the thing is, there's a level of that that's like, that's how any business ever is run is like profit but it's like what like like what kind of corners do you need to cut in order to get there yeah. and the thing that just gets you the most is another quote i remember from the movie it's by edward tuft he said that there are only two industries who refer to their customers <laughs> as users there's illegal drugs and software yep and oh, yeah. like using addiction to market people like addiction has always been just something that i really like deeply cared about i see people struggle with it and it's just like it hurts my heart a whole lot it's it's just a difficult thing to go through when you're tricking people's chemicals in their brains you think about like like any kind of mental health issue is because the chemicals in your brain are screwed up and addiction is literally trying to like incite that and that's just so just like dirty to me and so like playing off of that for ads in order to get people to be on your phone like it's literally in your mind it starts out kind of like like well okay so if people look at ads then you know that's good for me because i get money and it's good for for them because maybe they found a product they like and then like you know looking at an ad you're not forced to buy that product and like that's something i've thought before too you know even a targeted ad doesn't force me to buy something it might make me more impulsive like if i'm looking for a hydro flask and then like an off-brand one's marketed to me i'm like oh well just sure but then like but in reality it's like if they're then their method of getting me to look at this stuff is by trying to trigger dopamine and stuff like that by using instagram notifications at, t- at certain times for me to keep looking at my phone that's a lot worse than anything else with these ads yeah. right well and you said like they, they're not forcing you to buy the product right but what they are doing is taking your attention away from something 
that you normally wouldn't have been looking at. And they talked about that. Like a notification is is you like is pulling your attention away and forcing you to have thoughts that you never intended to have. And uh, and that's what they're buying, right? They're buying your attention. But even though you you're not buying the product or, you know, like they're not forcing you to click on it, whatever, as soon as you look at it, they have now taken your time, taken your attention, and that in itself is not always something that you consent to. Mm-hmm. I, I want to just point out, um, I'm going to say the date that we're recording this on because it has a little bit of significance. So today's October 23rd. Jessup has now done the social media detox day is on today. And I just think it's awesome that we're talking about social media and the effects <laughs> that it has on the day that Jessup has wanted to do like a social media detox day. So I just wanted to put that in. I'm sorry if that's random. I just that think it's really cool. That was all planned. <laughs> totally. Nice. No, yeah. they just they decided we we're going to talk about it, and they were like, "Hey, we oh, should do that." Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So not I, I actually do really enjoy this conversation so far, but since we're kind of getting towards the end of our time, I wanted to actually wrap up with something specific, actually about what you thought about the actual documentary and the mm-hmm. way it was made, just like from a filmmaking perspective. Because like I I like film. I'm not like a filmmaker myself, but I've always enjoyed the craft, and so I wanted to discuss that a little bit with you guys and what you thought. Like I personally thought it was very interesting to have like the family. They had like the family that kind of acted out the stuff that was going on while they had people speaking like it was great of them to get those really like those people like they had the guy who invented the like button or one of the guys who invented it they had the guy who invented youtube suggestions and they had those people on but it was also good to have like basically a family that kind of could represent stuff with and so i thought it was like that was a cool concept for the documentary but what do you guys think about like just the way that it was made the medium Uh, i enjoyed it i liked the family that they incorporated and i I, this might get a little dark, but I thought that the family that they had, that one girl who was in it, who posted, who was like posting the fic- pictures, and then one of the comments was talking about her ears and like how big her ears was. That was right, so sad. Right mm-hmm. after that, they started talking about suicide and they started talking about like cutting themselves and like the whole suicidal rate and like like harming themselves. And I thought like once that happened, I was like, okay, it's what's the family trying to do? And so I thought what was going to happen was that girl was going to harm her body or do something in some way and i just thought that was really interesting that the way that the whole film setup and the whole documentary was created that it had that family and then right at the instinct right after that comment they started talking about like suicidal rates and stuff like that yeah and it's good filmmaking to be able to just explain that without having to say it they didn't have to be like she didn't have to go like i feel suicidal because someone said my ears were big on the internet like she didn't say any of that you piece that together yeah a huge part of storytelling is to show not tell so yeah yeah but then they even go further to let you to like in order to maybe it was to keep their rating but as well it's like like they just trusted the viewers to be smart enough to be able to link that in their mind mm-hmm. that like we just assumed what was going to happen there mm-hmm. and i like this more even more powerful because like you can just show like oh look this like this fake person we made up she cut herself so everyone will cut themselves but for you to then make that in your own brain like wow they just said these rude things to her and she looks clearly upset and these statistics say these things happen. It's easy for you to make like that connection in your head. And the fact that you're making that connection in your head, that's what makes it seem more reasonable than seeing someone else do it. It's like, oh, person on screen did it. But it's like, no, like I thought that was going to happen. My brain went there for some reason, mm-hmm. you know, and you had to evaluate that. Yeah. But this isn't this is not depressing podcast. <laughs> you can't talk about depressing things. No, never. I mean, that's why I still like. 
I think it's good that they did mention those positive things because, like, with this technology, it's hard to say it's all terrible and just throw it back, like, time to go back to Stone Age, everybody. And I think, like, the best part about this documentary existing is that it, it shows that there is, like, awareness of this stuff. And I know it's cheesy to be like, I'm just going to spread awareness instead of doing anything about the problem. But that's still way important. Like, I, it actually affected the way I acted afterwards. So, like, I, I mean, I, I went and I, like, I turned off my notifications, except for texts, because I, you know, I needed have text See, I wanted to like I wanted I remember when I first watched this I wanted to make a change um it definitely felt very vindictive and like they did a great job but like um or like con- con- convicting convicting yeah. <laughs> that's the word no I felt convicted that's what I meant to say um but then I was like but it's not reality I don't know I can get off of Instagram for as long as I like, but I'm always going to come back. And that's the thing. Like, that's what makes it a habit. It's habitual. It's all about the psychology of behind it. And that's, I feel like I'm a slave, but it's also my job. It's a part of my life. You can't get anywhere without social media these days. I I will say, I still have a lot of respect for the people who do not have social media. I have a couple kids in my resident hall who are, who don't have social media. And I was like, Oh, why not? And they just kind of were just saying, just hasn't been a priority for them and I have so much respect for them because other people who have social media it is addictive like what we learned about like in this whole documentary kind of talking about it and so I thought it was like I have respect for them because they they don't have that and I'm like okay I'm I'm thankful that you were able to tell me that you don't have that and be respectful like knowing that I have it and I'm also able to be respectful towards you that I know that you don't have it yeah so did we all take away positive things then generally from this, even if it was somewhat <laughs> doom and gloom? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I definitely thought overall I didn't think the message was one of complete doom and gloom. I think if anything, it was that um, their overall message kind of ended with the solution. Like, it, it didn't end with, oh, there's no solution, we're doomed. It ended with there are things we can do mm-hmm. to change this. Like, it's not it's definitely not irreversible, right? Like, and they talked about, we need regulations put on these things. We need regulations put on how these companies use data, how they're marketing, like how they're using advertisements. Um, personally, I'd be really interested to see um, if there was a social media company that was nonprofit. But I think that could be huge. Obviously, they would need the revenue to be able to run the servers and stuff. But like if they did it more based on donation or something, you know what I mean? Where people are volunteering money to keep this thing going rather than like their time and their attention just being sucked out of it that's interesting reddit is kind of almost like that with like moderators that are Mm -hmm. volunteers yeah and they regulate um like the chats and things like that so it's right but the notification system and stuff with reddit still works just like all the rest yeah absolutely yeah that's really cool idea though okay that would be fun yeah It'd be really interesting. I mean, obviously, it would be difficult because of who the competitors are. But if a movement like this took off, a movement of, oh, we're going to, you know, fight back against the robots, basically, <laughs> you know, and then someone, our company came out saying, hey, we're going to do nonprofit social networking, like, that would be really interesting. I would love to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll make it happen. You should do it, right? Do it. There you go. That's your Christian leadership degree at work. <laughs> Coming in the air. Okay, so we are just about time. So I wanted to wrap up by saying the word we always say at the end of the podcast. This is the first time we've ever had someone on who's actually listened to the podcast before, actually. Fun fact. <laughs> like, really? I am pretty sure. Yeah. So this is the one time the joke may not work, but whatever. We're going to say that one word we say at the end of every podcast. On the count of three. 
One, two, three. The so national. You, you didn't even remember. Okay, that's the end. <laughs>